Hi, I'm Val Hart, and today I'm talking with renowned Birmingham dog trainer, Margaret Davis. Margaret has pretty much spent her entire life working with dogs and advocating for their welfare. Her father is the famous veterinarian Earl M. Jones. He received the Albert Schweitzer Medal for his contributions in crafting and implementing the Animal Welfare Act of 1966. So you can imagine, Margaret was a real kennel brat. In 1984, Margaret started creative dog training, and she taught obedience classes to four clients and their dogs in the middle of her vet's uh, of the vet's office. And by 1990, she had three employees, and by 2000, she had 20. In 2005, she opened Creative Dog Training's second location, and now on any given day, she's got 60 to 70 dogs in daycare at each of the locations. Creative Dog Training offers a wide range and variety of classes and services for dogs and the people who love them. Margaret trained the Golden Retriever and the Brett Favre Wrangler's Jeans commercial. I love that commercial. She's trained and handled the dogs that played Toto in two different productions of The Wizard of Oz, as well as the dogs that played Belle in The Miracle Worker and Sandy in Annie. She's also selected and trained Hero, the Chelsea fire dog that rides on the truck and goes into schools with the Chelsea firefighters to help educate children on fire safety. She was instrumental in establishing Birmingham's first off-leash dog park, and she supports the local dog rescue groups, as well as providing free dog training classes for every dog that's adopted. The Creative Dog Training website also provides trainer blogs. She's got 64 different training podcasts and training tips, as well as a message board and a forum in which people can ask the trainers questions. The website is an invaluable educational tool and emblematic Creative Dog Training's commitment to helping dogs by educating people. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you so much for being here. I'm delighted to talk to you about a subject that's near and dear to my own heart, dogs. Well, thank you for inviting me, Val. I'm glad you can come. Thanks for making time in your busy schedule. And so uh, I want to ask you a few questions. What do you mean by helping dogs by educating people? Well, you know, Val, I, I get people come to me and they want to become dog trainers, and the first question I ask them is, do you want to work with dogs or do you want to work with their people? Because ah. it's one thing to educate the dog, but if we leave the person out, the dog isn't going to change once he goes back home. That's right, yeah. It's, it's a two-way street. So it came to my attention that a lot of dog behavior issues are really caused by lack of knowledge on the human's part. Yeah. So my goal is the more education that I can get for the people living with the dogs, the better the dog's life is going to be. That makes so much sense to me. You know, I'm an animal communicator, right? So I do some, I do behaviorist work and I communicate with the, the dogs in order to help us find out what's really going on from their viewpoint. And almost always they'll tell me that their person confuses them, you know? So I learned early on in my work that in order to help the animal, I have to be able to help the person. So I'm really delighted to hear that you have focus on educating the person, which is a huge part of the equation. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is. 
Yeah. And I, I think that's fascinating what you do. Is, yeah, I, I have a, a, a slight vision impairment. It, it doesn't bother me in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I've always been, I think, a little more in tune mm-hmm. with what animals are, are thinking and, and, you know, the kind of nonverbal communication they mm-hmm. give off. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's enhanced my ability to work with dogs, cats. I don't think it, I can give cat advice. I don't think anybody really trains cats. <laughs> I think cats train people. <laughs> I, I, I know mine do. They do. Mine They're do. good at it too. But it's always helped me just just to be able to get in tune with the dog and what the dog is really thinking. And I think people, unfortunately, without thinking about it, do confuse their dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And like you said earlier, through no fault of their own, particularly, it's just that they. They're not dog savvy. They they don't understand how what they're doing comes across to their dog. Right? I call it unintentional dog training. Unintentional. Accidental dog. The accidental trainer. A good example is is the dog that shies back towards the towards the person, mm-hmm. and the person reaches down and pets it and says, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay." Right. And they just don't realize that what they're really saying is, "Good dog." Yeah, exactly. I love it when you're shy. Please do more of it. Right, right. Please do more so we can give you more rewards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, so do you think of dogs as persons? You know, I like to put dogs in their own category that I choose to call the dog. Now, dogs are not things. And to me, it's very dangerous when a person thinks of a dog as a thing mm-hmm. because you can do things to a thing that you couldn't do to a person, right. like leave it outside all night. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that to a person, but because they think of it as a thing, it becomes kind of a throwaway item. Yeah. Right? But to me, dogs are not people. It's wrong to kind of set them up as people because the dog is, can't, they just can't fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. Right. So if they're not a person and they're not a thing, they're a dog. Mm-hmm. And the more we appreciate that, and we learn to speak dog, mm-hmm. and we learn to communicate with the dog on a level he can understand, the happier that dog is always going to be. Yes, and if our dogs are happy, we're usually pretty happy too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, okay, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. So um, let's talk about dogs and having dog friends, you know, doggy daycare, to, uh, chances to play with dogs, like going uh, on uh, to the off-leash parks where they can romp. Um, why do you think it's so important that they have dog friends? Well, for one, they need to expend energy. Oh, okay. If, if they have a lot of pent-up energy, it's going to come out in mischievous behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a kid at home all day on a rainy day. They're mm-hmm. going to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is dogs in particular tend to put children in the category in their mind as if they're other dogs. Yeah. And if a dog doesn't understand canine communication skills, doesn't know about rough and tumble play, how to use his mouth properly, mm-hmm. uh, when to when to back off, when to be more exuberant, which is what they learn in a good daycare environment, mm-hmm. then they don't deal as well with children. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point, just thinking about that. So when they're in... Um, a socialization free for all with other dogs. They're learning how to how to be with other dogs, how to communicate with dogs. How how and it's okay. It's approved of for them to be rough and tumble and wrestle and and chase and play that way. Um, and then, but we like to see balanced play. 
Oh, okay, good. That, good. that dogs appreciate that kind of play. And what, what, what I train my staff to do is if you think one dog is being a little bit too rough, mm-hmm. just simply restrain that dog and okay. ask the other dog because the other dog will tell you. If the other dog runs off and plays with somebody else, what he's saying is, yes, thank you for rescuing me. Yeah. But if yeah. he turns around and reengages, then to the dogs, they weren't having an issue. But just think about it. If dogs don't get that outlet, mm-hmm. then they don't know what too rough is. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't get the feedback to know when they've been too rough. Or they but they bit too hard or they wrestled, you know, too Yeah. Too because much. What, what does the dog do when, when one gets bit and it goes, ow? Yeah. Hey, you hurt me. Yeah, now. If if the dog doesn't stop, then the dog gets kind of ostracized from the pack. The other dogs just walk away from it. They go, huh, you're not our kind. We're not going to play with you. We don't like You're too rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that would teach them inhibition, right? For yeah, their, they their do learn own, that. Yeah, it mo- they learn to moderate their own behavior uh, given the that, feedback that's it. from the pack. Right. Yeah, right. It, it's like I try to, to, to tell people, don't play with your dog as if you're a dog because dogs play rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. your dog may not know how to come back out of that. It's like the dog triggers into excitement very quickly, yeah. but they don't all have that pathway to come back. Got it. And to me, that's, that's part of dog training is teaching them how to come back out of that super excitement stage. Talk a little more about that, Margaret. How would you do that if your dog's a little too too much over the edge there? What, how do you well, actually bring him back? What I do is, is I start at low level. I, I start when the dog is somewhat calm, and I play with them and get them just a little bit excited. And then I bring them back down to a normal emotional level. Oh. And then I play with them again, bring them up just a little bit, get them more, a little bit more excited, and then calm them back down. Then you just keep going up in gradual increments okay. until the dog is, is at a 10. And then he can come back down to a 2. But oh. it's very difficult in the beginning that a dog that's, that's at a 10 is going to come to a 2 on his own. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to teach them how to do that. Oh, okay. So they don't just automatically know how to do that. We have to teach it. Yes. They have, they have, they have to learn. It, it. It's kind of like uh, toddlers in, in, in play school, right? Mm-hmm. right? They have to learn what's appropriate, what's not. Got it. Oh, I like that. That's great. Okay, good. Um, are there any other um, things that we need to watch out for, like in doggy daycare or uh, off-leash parks, that kind of things? Any other I, I think give us? we need to be aware of pack behavior. Okay. And to me, dogs that play longer than 30 minutes in a stretch tend to develop pack behaviors. It's like they have a, a burst of energy, they expend the energy, and then they all kind of back up and look at each other and go, hmm, just who is the ruler here? Mm-hmm. Who's in charge? And it's right at that 30-minute mark that they're forming that bond. That the problem comes in in that if you introduce a new dog into that pack, like someone walks into the dog park, mm-hmm. then that pack has already been formed. And if you think of the meaning of a pack, it's mutually exclusive of other animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you've got this pack here, and this new dog walks in, and he's going to have – it's kind of like the new kid in middle school. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you've ever done that, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. this dog walks in not knowing that he's walking into an existing pack. Mm-hmm. So like in our daycares, what we do is we, we split the dogs up at 30 minutes. Hmm. Okay. We put them all back into their kennel runs and let them chill out for a while while we bring another group out. 
So we avoid that extreme pack behavior that way. Oh, oh, that's really clever. Yeah, that, that's my issue with all-day daycare mm-hmm. is it tends to form that very exclusive pack, and it makes it difficult for new dogs to come into that situation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that would be a good question to ask uh, if before you take your dog to a daycare. Do they uh, split them up in 30 minutes or, and, you know, manage them more properly that way? Uh, and what do they do to help shy dogs? Does it, what, what really is, is an issue is if you have a shy dog, if you just put him in a group with really boisterous dogs, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. he's just likely to become more shy. He's just going to go off into a corner by himself. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's an art to how to put dogs together mm-hmm. so okay. that we're facilitating the dog improving. Okay. You know, my, my big thing is dogs are going to, they, they, they have three areas of their life, social, behavioral, and psychological. And if they have issues in any one of those areas, then the people they live with are going to think it's a problem dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, right. And if we use daycare to improve social behavior, the daycare itself has to have a structured plan for making sure that the dogs improve and don't, you know, actually get worse by going to daycare. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, they could actually, could they? They could get worse. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So, and one word of advice to, to people that go to dog parks, mm-hmm. be aware that dogs running in packs don't know you exist. So always okay. stand against something. Okay. So you're not out in the open when a pack of dogs comes running up to you. Okay. And I only oh, say that because I, I had a client that witnessed someone getting their leg broken at our, at our dog park. Here wow. Because a pack of dogs just ran into them. Wow. Oh, my so just, God. And I've got a... Uh, several good podcasts on on dog park etiquette, I call it. Okay, okay, brilliant. Things to think about. (laughs) Good things, yeah. Where's the closest veterinary clinic? I don't (laughs) think people think about that, but you may need one, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, man. Are there other tips you can give us on on dog parks real quick? that's That's a good one. Well, if you take your dog into a dog park and the dog is already at that 10 we were talking about, the super excited state, yeah, and you let the dog go, then you, you released a missile. Mm-hmm. And the dog's behavior is going to be wild, erratic. He's going to run into things, bash into the dogs, and not all dogs appreciate that. Absolutely not. So, you yeah. know, they, they prefer to be asked if they want to play. Mm-hmm. Not, whoa, excuse me, did I offend you? Hold on, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, right. So walk your dog calmly into the park. Okay. Maybe do a little bit of training with them and release them when their mind is stable. Okay. And then everybody has a better time. Yeah, okay, good. That makes great sense. Thank you. In fact, that's good basic rural etiquette for just about anything, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think so. You know, we, yeah. we want to reward the behavior that we want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Reward the behavior that we actually want to continue. I I try to get people to look at that. Everybody wants to tell me what their dog does they don't want, and I stop them and I say, well, okay, tell me what you want. Yeah, exactly. How do you want your dog to behave? And let's teach that behavior. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such a brilliant approach, Margaret. Good. I'm so glad you brought that up. 
because I, I've been thinking about that myself. It's if we only fixate on what we don't want, we're totally focused on what we don't want. We never actually tell them what we do. Right? Yes. We don't give them a way out. We don't give them a way to be rewarded. You know, uh, uh, we don't create what we want uh, just because we're so fixated on what we don't. And we haven't even well, taken the time to think about what we actually did want. Right. And if it's true that, that we kind of project into reality our own mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. if we're always thinking negative things about our dog, mm-hmm. then to mm-hmm. me the dog is likely to behave negatively. Yes, is that's the that's the message we keep reinforcing for them. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's think about what we want and work towards that goal and, and kind of put the other stuff aside. Yes. Yeah, I love that. So do you think dogs can be spoiled? Uh I have five dogs. Okay. Four, four golden retrievers and a schnauzer. Okay. And they are probably the most spoiled dogs on the face of this earth. <laughs> I am probably one of the few dog trainers you'll ever talk to that when you ask, where does your dog sleep, I say wherever they want to. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to sleep on the bed, then sleep on the bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's great. You know, my only rule is if I say get off the bed, I, I, you know, I expect you to do it. Otherwise, yeah. I don't care where they sleep. Okay. I, but the, my thing is, spoil your dog all you want to, but make sure you earn their respect. Ah. Uh, because if you spoil them and you don't earn their respect, then they're going to just run all over you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a little respect, and then you can do whatever you want to with them. I love that. Uh, so uh, what are some tips on earning their respect? Uh, set your rules. Set your boundaries. Just okay. like you would with a two-year-old toddler. Okay. You know, this, this is mine. This is yours. I expect you to wait at the door. You're going to wait when I feed you. That I, I line all five of mine up and release them, you know, based really on who's behaving the best. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. you're calmest. You get to eat now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't let them do free-for-alls. I teach them the settle-down exercise where I expect them to lay down at my feet when I when that's required to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's such a simple one to teach. Just put your dog on a leash, slide the leash under your foot. Mm-hmm. In such a way that they can't jump up or walk away, and you just say, settle down. Oh, wow. What a great And they get it. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. no. Well, there's nothing okay. else to do, so I guess I'll just settle down. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. As my son Damien says, the more they fight it, the more they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. The more they fight it, the more they needed it. I could see some other applications for that concept, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so, I mean, you know, uh-huh. we don't ex- we don't need to expect a lot out of our dogs, but they do need to come when they're called. Yeah, have a a concept of staying where they're put. Yeah, walk nicely on a leash. Don't jump yeah. on people unless invited. Yeah, don't bite. Go to the bathroom outside. Go yeah. lay down. Yeah, and anything else is just gravy and tricks. Gravy and fun, and yeah, you're right. So we got yeah. all the basics. Uh, life is good, and then if we want to add some cake, we can have that too. <laughs> right. Right. I got it. Oh, that's good. I love that. I like your rules. These are good rules. Um, can we talk about alpha for a moment? That's that's a kind of a controversial subject, isn't it, being an alpha pack leader? You, oh, yeah. Do you agree yeah, with you, that? You can put 100 dog trainers in a room and say that word uh-huh. and watch out. Oh, yeah, duck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like to think in terms think? of respect instead uh-huh. of alpha. Okay. Okay, because the true top dogs of this world, and, and you know because you've been around packs of dogs, mm-hmm. they're not the troublemakers. 
Mm-mm. They're not the ones that are barking. They're the ones walking through the room with their head held high without a care in the world mm-hmm. because they know life will be exactly as they say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't pick fights. They just are. Mm-hmm. Right. That when I go do house calls, people think that the that, that troublesome dog is the alpha dog, and I'm just like, oh, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. That guy is your middle-ranking dog. He doesn't know his place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that dog okay. right there is your true dog. So I like to think in terms of leadership, and okay. I don't like to physically dominate dogs. I don't like to roll them on their back. Okay. I don't like to hold their muzzle okay. because, to me, that just invites a fight. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fight the dog. I want the dog to cooperate. Mm-hmm. 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 So any correction that I give a dog is going to be based on how dogs correct each other. Okay. And I've never seen a dog roll another dog over just to do it. Okay. You know, they may do it in, in, a, in a fight, but they don't do it as a regular training exercise. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep they, going, keep going. Yeah, they, they may prove a point, but it, it worries me when people do that on a regular basis to their dog. Like, okay. I'll hear people say that someone told them to hold their puppy down so it stopped screaming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so you showed you're bigger. Yeah. Somebody can hold a gun to your head and you'll do whatever they ask. Right, right. So as soon as the person is gone, you're not going to keep listening. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I think of the word alpha, I think of force. Okay. And I don't think it's necessary to use force in, in, in you know, living with or working with a dog. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, to me, alpha also means leadership, respect, you know, um, that, that uh, you know, the authority, you know, the, the one that gets to say what we do and when we do it kind of thing. Uh, but it's not force and it's not um, abusive. Uh, with right, not abusive. I'm abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What I think of abusive with dogs is any kind of correction that physically goes at a dog. Okay. Okay, from pointing at them to threatening them to popping them. And, you know, you and I would like to wish people didn't do that, but people still do that. Well, they do. They get, you know, frustrated, annoyed. They don't know what else to do different. You know, they don't have any other tools. Yeah. Um, and so they resort to, you know, and probably what's been done to them as, you know, as correction, which is well, yelled and at what they or their something, you know. Their dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just look at, I just say, look, put a leash on the dog. Mm-hmm. It extends your arm, mm-hmm. and you can use the leash to correct your dog. Okay. Just stop him from what he's doing. It makes sense to the dog. It doesn't put the dog in the defense drive. But, you know, getting back to that alpha leadership uh-huh. thing a second, uh-huh. if you don't, provide rules, then your household is, is basic anarchy. Right. You know, it's, it's just bedlam. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody knows what to do. So, And and I've seen this, and I, and I wonder if you've seen it too. It, when I get a very permissive uh, dog person yeah. that lets everything go, lets it go, lets it go, lets it go, at some point that dog is going to do something so outrageous that even that person can't handle it. They'll right. come and, down and- on that dog so hard that yeah. they do relationship damage. Right. Whereas if they would have addressed the small stuff, it would have never gotten to that emotional point. Right, exactly. So but we say stress the small stuff. Stress the small stuff? <laughs> yeah, deal the, deal with the little stuff with your dog. Because okay. if you deal with the little things they're doing wrong, they don't get to the big things. Oh, I love that. This is so good. You know, because so much of it, of we humans, we're taught to... Don't stress the small stuff. Ignore right. the small don't, stuff. Don't sweat you know. the small don't, stuff. Don't but, sweat the small stuff. Yeah, um, but so with this, dogs, you mm-hmm. worry, but you say, uh-uh, I go through that door first. 
You uh-huh. wait at that door, every right. door, every time. Yeah, yeah. And then you don't have a dog running into the middle of the street. Right, right. Or yeah. running over the toddler or, you know, knocking granny down or <laughs> any of the yeah. other terrible <laughs> things that dogs wind up getting in trouble for. Uh, and you're right. You, it's because we let them get away with so much and we didn't, weren't clear about the boundaries of the rules and we didn't, we weren't consistent and we didn't really honor or respect our space, you know, or stuff or anything. And then all of a sudden we blow up and they're going, what's wrong with you? What happened? You know, what happened yeah. to you? So this uh, is so good. I, I love it. Okay. I, I think in terms of, I raise a puppy mm-hmm. the same way I raise my children. Mm-hmm. I, I thought ahead of when they would be 16 and they'd get off leash freedom. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you remember that day you got your off leash freedom? <laughs> your driver's license? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? You're driving down the road and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no one in the car with me. Oh, I can do anything I <laughs> yeah, want. I can That's go right. to the store or I can go by Julie's house first. Uh-huh. I, can whip, I can do wheelies and donuts yeah. in the parking lot. <laughs> I remember that. All right. Now, yeah, think about yeah, this. Yeah. You probably had two sets of friends. You had the ones who had respect for their parents. Uh-huh. And the ones that didn't. Okay. Now, the ones that didn't have respect for their parents or authority, they did anything they wanted, right? They broke all the rules. Yep. They just they just did whatever. Yep. Right? But the ones that had respect for their parents and authority, they bent the rules a little sometimes. Mm-hmm. But by and large, they behaved as if their parents were there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, if you take a leash off a dog and you give it off-leash freedom before you have built in respect, yeah. what crowd are they running with? Yeah. The... the 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 bad crowd. Yeah, the wild kids. You know? <laughs> yeah, and when wild, I put it in terms kid. like that, you know, to clients, they get it. They're like, oh, what do I do if my teenager misbehaves? I ground him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why are you letting your dog do the same bad behavior over and over, practicing being bad, mm-hmm. and you don't ground him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you ground the dog? You put him on his leash. Okay. Put him on his leash. What do you do after you put him on his leash? Just just be really good uh, for people. Well, what I do is I then put my foot on the leash and ask him to settle down. Okay. And so the next thing is settle down. Is settle down. Uh-huh. And then see what the leash does, it, it also evens the odds because, let's face it, we're bigger, stronger, and smarter, but our dogs are faster. Yeah, a lot faster. Yeah. It's infinitely easier to catch a dog that's trailing a leash yeah. than a dog that's not. Yes, yes, exactly so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, And just to be clear, not a retractable leash. Okay. <laughs> because a retractable leash would be going thump, thump, thump. Yeah. <laughs> just a straight, flat leash. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So after they've calmed and settled down, what do you do then? Do you have to put back off the leash and say, okay, go oh, back okay. to business. Okay. But I'm going to let them drag that leash as okay. long as I'm watching them. Because that's always where I am in my line of visual sight. Okay. okay. And that way, if they misbehave, I don't have to dive at the dog. You ever seen people do that? Oh, the dog's yeah. fixing to do something wrong, so they go, yeah, and, they, and the dog says, ooh, I know what that means. I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, go faster. (laughs) With with leash dragging, you can just nonchalantly approach the dog. Step Mm -hmm. on the leash, you have them, get them back under control. Okay. Okay. You see, if you ask a dog in the heat, if it's doing something wrong and you tell them, leave it, stop it, don't do it, Uh and the dog treats you like a buzzing fly, Uh you don't don't have a discipline problem. You have a respect problem. Mm -hmm. And there's only one way to cure that, and that's with some basic training with some basic household rules. Mm-hmm. And with the other two key ingredients is first you got to have a good bond. I, I choose to call it love. 
Yes. But if you don't have one, you're not going to get it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, the hardest dog to train is the yard dog. Yeah. The dog well, that doesn't true. live with his people. Yeah. Because they're, you're they're starting out. Yeah. Yeah, with a disconnect. Mm-hmm. The dog is in charge of his environment way too much. Right. And, you know, we, the person goes out and just throws food food and water and whatnot and, you know, and then leaves and they're... Well, and the dog dumps all world. over them. Right. No the poor dog is desperate for attention, so it's mm-hmm. just trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. The person just comes back inside because it's annoying, yeah. and the dog is left just, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. what do I do now? I can't yeah. get this person's attention. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would rather deal with a dog that's underfoot all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see right. that. So, mm-hmm. and oh, I like our, that. This is good. Mm-hmm. Our third element is trust. Trust. You have to trust your dog, and more importantly, your dog has to trust you. Yeah. They And dogs don't understand some of the things we do. Like, Val, have you ever seen a dog walk up to another dog and hit it? Well, I have to say, I do see dogs walk up to others, you know, and they're posturing and, you know, and uh, not real sure of each other. So I don't know if I've ever seen them walk up and just slap them down. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to them. They don't yeah. use their paws that way. Mm-hmm. But we're human, so we tend to use our hands more. Right. So we tend to, to go straight into that mode of grabbing for the dog mm-hmm. or popping the dog, you know, just whatever, something with the hand. Mm-hmm. Right. And it confuses the dog because they don't operate that way. Right. They're, they're looking at us like, wow, I mean, they're going to move away from you or they'll turn around and, and try to bite you. Mm-hmm. They'll, like the call I got, my dog's biting me. Well, what was going on? Well, I was I was spanking him. Well, well, first we we we've got to change what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> yeah. They just they don't know. So uh-huh. you know that's what I mean by discipline a dog like a dog disciplines. Well, how does a dog discipline? They oh. do an inhibited bite on the neck. Ah, so they go Pah. right. There's not a mark. There's not a wet spot. But the other dog knows. Yeah, and it crossed the line. Yeah, so that's what I do with the leash. Is I just pick up the leash, give a little tug. Uh, I like to say it's the same pressure as if you've ever caught a fish. It's like setting the hook. Oh. It's just a slight wrist. It's just like the. So it's not a hard tug. It's just uh-huh. a little tug. Okay. Just enough to get their attention to say, "Hey, I don't like what you're doing." Okay. Okay. So, but it doesn't upset the dog. They get it. It's fair to them. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, that's really I understand. good. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have uh, any other tips like that? Is that um, anything else for correction that we can offer people? Well, I I like to only use the word no in in dangerous situations. Oh, okay. I think that dogs hear the word no way too often and it loses its meaning. Okay. Okay, so we like to stress no alternatives like settle down, off, leave it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... The only time a dog will hear no from me mm-hmm. is if he's doing something that's dangerous to himself, which would be chewing the electrical cord or running into the street, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dangerous to other animals like trying to maul the cat, mm-hmm. or dangerous to us, which is active, aggressive biting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then the only consequence that goes with no is the leash correction. Okay. And they get it. They're like, oh, okay, no means no. Okay. And you say it matter-of-factly. I, I, I tell people no is a command. Mm-hmm. It's not a punishment. It's not said with emotion. It's not no. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Right. It's low and serious, just like a dog. No. Okay. Then it makes a huge difference to them. And because I say it so little, if I say the word no, every mm-hmm. dog in the hearing goes, uh-oh, uh-oh. somebody did something. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh, I hope that wasn't directed it at wasn't me. me. <laughs> not me, not me. Oh, in general, I think we talk too much to our dogs. We, ver- okay. we verbalize a lot okay. without attaching meaning to the words. Ah, uh, Okay. So it is one thing if you're just sitting, petting your dog, they're sitting in your lap or you're laying on the floor with them and you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. But just as a general rule, people just come out with a string of words <laughs> or, or they'll just keep saying the dog's name. That's that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, blah, 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 ginger, yeah. blah, blah, ginger, just, ginger, blah, blah, like, blah, 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 right? <laughs> I, I was watching this. Uh, somebody chased their dog the other day. It, and, and I, I said, okay, stop. It was, it was my neighbor. Uh-huh. The dog had gotten loose. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. stop running and tell him to sit. Uh-huh. And they stopped and they looked at him and they said, sit. And it, it broke his attention just enough that uh-huh. he looked at him and he sat. <laughs> because it was a directive. <laughs> and they were able to it's walk not just endless nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That goes along with that. Tell them what you want. Tell them what you want. Yes, right. And if you're chasing them, by the way, that's a great game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All, and any chase one. games always involve the dog chasing you. Don't ever play games <laughs> with you. your dog. Oh, that's a good tip, too. So. But, Okay. They only learn to run from you. They learn it's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and it can't be. It can be quite best, amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get this close and they take off again. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's very fun for the dog. <laughs> one of the best games in the world to counter a dog that doesn't want to come when he's called is hide and seek. Mm. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, is is hide and and call your dog. They can't uh-huh. stand it. They're going to come find you. <laughs> they have to find you. <laughs> They're going to find you. And mm-hmm. then finding you becomes its best reward. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah. So, I, I like to uh, to use games in training. I've I've got a podcast called 10 Good Games to Play with Your Dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me. And it even includes tug of war. You know, tug of war gets a bad rap. Yeah. Yes, it does. Now, don't play tug of war with your dog. Well, okay, I say play it, but learn the rules. Exactly. Good. Yeah, Good. yeah just play, play with the rules, and they can find the rules in the, in the podcast. That's great. What are the other games? Just to, do you remember? Uh, uh, hide and seek, whistle okay. recall. Oh, okay. Uh, and, well, fetch. But yeah. you know, a lot of people go about fetch by taking a tennis ball and throwing it 30 feet. Uh-huh. And the dog looks at him and says, you threw it, go get it. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> you must have wanted it there, right? Yeah. <laughs> face the dog into a corner and just toss it a foot in front of him into the corner so he's got to come back your way. Oh, okay. And that way you're building the pattern of this is what I want, this is what I want. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I love the games. I, to me, you know, games, we should, almost everything is a game. Yeah, if we make it a game, it can all be fun. Um, and dogs are, they love games, so they can learn a lot of really good things by playing games, you know? Well, it's like, I like to teach children tricks to do with their dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a, a child is not typically going to go practice, sit, stand down, come, stay, heel. Mm-hmm. But if I say, okay, your job this week is to teach them to sit and shake, roll over and play dead, mm-hmm. they'll do that for hours. You bet they will. <laughs> okay, but what are they doing? They're teaching them to sit when they get them to shake. Uh-huh. They're getting them, teaching them to lie down when they get them to 
roll over, and they're teaching them uh, submission that's cooperative when they teach them to play dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the dog is learning to relax for the child, and the child just thinks, hey, it's a game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I like that. That's that's sneaky. You're good. <laughs> okay. All right. So talking about tricks, do you think an old dog can be taught new tricks? Well, I, I kind of look at it this way. I like to think that I can still learn. Yeah. And, you know, if you think, okay, if, if a dog here is seven years, okay, mm-hmm. let's say an eight-year-old dog is, what, 56? Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. most 56-year-olds done learning? God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> you know, or even I'll have people with three-year-old dogs that say, oh, he's too old. And I'm like, 21 is too old? 21? Oh. We're all in trouble. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they all learn the same way, positive and negative reinforcement. Yeah, well, okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's talk about positive reinforcement training. So do you only use positive training? Well, or- you know, I use, when I'm teaching a dog uh, what something means, then I use positive reinforcement trainer. I'll okay. use the clicker if the dog is oriented towards that and the family is. Okay. Okay, but to me, if you want to stop a negative behavior, mm-hmm. you've got to introduce a consequence. Yes. Oh, right? I so I, I think in terms of consequences, it's not negative, it's a consequence. And if you think about it, if you don't pay your phone bill, what does the phone company do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they cut off your phone. That's right. They don't call you up and yell at you. They, they don't come off. over and beat you up. Right. They just give you the consequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had it done, you probably learned if I want my phone, I will pay my bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I introduce consequences for the dog's behavior, and I prefer for the environment to do it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that the dog doesn't associate it with a human. Or, or like how many times does a dog touch a hot stove? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Once, yeah. okay, twice uh-huh. since it's a Jack Russell, and I apologize <laughs> to Jack Russell people, <laughs> but they know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're all laughing now, I'm sure. <laughs> Going, shaking their head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a punishment. It's not a negative. It's mm-hmm. a consequence of life. Mm-hmm. I, I think another way to look at it is my dog can live in the world of all positive reinforcement the day God lets me. Ah. <laughs> there are consequences to my actions, to your actions. Mm-hmm. So I just like to say, use use the concept of consequences, or as a friend of mine told me, corrective feedback. Well, okay, that's good. Yeah, good term, corrective feedback. Okay, Margaret, I'm going to ask you to give us an example. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, actually, I, I have one uh, from my own dog Okay. Uh, just this last week. Okay. Uh, he's almost 10 years old. He's very well behaved. He almost always does everything I tell him to. Mm-hmm. We were we were out in the front yard, and he heard the neighbor's dog across the street. Okay. Okay. And he decided that he was just going to romp on across the street to go find Skip to play with him. Then mm-hmm. I'm calling him to no avail. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here going, "You are being a professional embarrassment, my friend." <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate that? Okay. So I walked over and I I got him and I brought him back home. I immediately clipped a long line on him. Okay. Okay. Same scenario, same dog, same dog is across the street playing. Okay. He takes off again and I just step on the long line. Okay. And he turned around and looked at me and he said, how did you do that? 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my hands up in the air going, Eeyore, my friend, I didn't do it. Boogie Dog got you. <laughs> because I was over here. He was over there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. so he got a consequence for his behavior oh. that I didn't do because I didn't have my hand on a leash. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's critical, isn't it? What yeah. we have our hands on is what they connect to us. Was what they connect to. Okay, that's a really so good that's point. That's why we say don't use retractable leashes with puppies. Use long lines. Okay. So you're controlling with your foot, not this mechanical device in your hand. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And he has been grounded the rest of the week. He hasn't been outside without his long line on. Okay. And that's at almost 10 years old and very well behaved. Yeah. He, he so, just needed a little consequence to remind him that, oh, but I tell you, Val, I'd rather provide that consequence than see him hit by a car. Oh, oh my God, yes. Yeah. And that's so, why it's so important to do the to do the kind of training and create the respect and the bond and the, the address the small things and to be really with it and be dog savvy. So that, yes. you know, the point of all that is that we get to save our dog's life sometimes at some yeah. point, right? I mean, that's. That well, that, that's one for. of the big reasons of training. You know, one of the first reasons to train is for our dog's safety uh-huh. so that we can stop them in an emergency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second reason is for their freedom because uh-huh. well-behaved dogs do more in life. Yes, they do. They get to go places. They, they're around when the company comes over. Right. And the third is for our sanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say, don't get in the garbage, and they don't get in the garbage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Life is much Those better. Those are three great reasons. Uh-huh. Yes, they are. <laughs> I do run across the people that don't believe in dog training. Okay. And I just asked them, I said, well, do you have a dog? Well, yes. Uh-huh. I was like, well, you do dog training every day because every interaction, oh, everything yeah. you say, touch, do, it's all dog training. Yeah. The only question you have to ask yourself is, what are you training? Is what is the dog learning? Right. <laughs> what are you teaching your dog? Yeah, it's like the dog that was guarding the refrigerator. I said, before we fix that, i got to learn how did you teach it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, that's good. So who is the hardest kind of human for you to train? Is it somebody like that? It, it's someone that it just is so involved in the emotionality of the dog uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that they just can't bring it themselves to provide structure to the dog's life. Wow. They they, they really believe that, that the dog's emotions are so fragile. Does that make huh. sense? Yeah. That they don't want to hurt the dog's feelings. Oh. They don't want the dog not to love them. Oh, that's the big one, isn't it? They, we yeah, that's, just, they that's don't that's want the their dog one. not to love them. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, have to love me. Those right. are the most difficult ones to, to help just to guide them. And i tell you one of the best compliments a client ever gave me was they called me the client whisperer. The client would Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes that, yeah. That, that talent to be able to get bring people around to say, yeah. yes, but love without trust and respect mm-hmm. is, is really just affection. But once you've added the Un- trust yeah, and respect, uh, you have true love. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, when they say they think their dog is too fragile, they're really saying they feel too fragile. You know. uh, yeah, that would be a whole other 
whole nother podcast. Whole nother so topic, that, isn't yeah. it? Okay, so so what's the hardest dog to train? What are your what are your favorite breeds? Well, you know the uh, in in general, and it is just in general, the dogs that were bred specifically to work with people, okay, tend to be the easiest to train, and those are usually going to be fine in your working, your herding, and your sporting groups. Okay. Okay, the dogs that were bred to work independently of people take more time and patience to train. Uh-huh. For instance, the beagle was bred to do what? Trail a rabbit. Does the beagle like to come when he's called? Only if there's food involved. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The, Find the, the rabbit. Retriever Got a rabbit? Bred, okay. Yeah. I'll talk to you. Uh-huh. The, the golden was bred to bring <laughs> the rabbit back to you. So mm-hmm. he's more likely to come back to you. Okay. So you think in terms of, of, in general, the dogs that were bred to go away from us are going to be a little bit more difficult to train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dogs that were bred to come back to us that yeah. just tend to be easier. So yeah. it just means that if you start with a golden retriever puppy and a beagle puppy on the same day with the same training, mm-hmm. you'll get there faster with the golden, mm-hmm. but you'll get there eventually with the beagle if you have a lot of patience. <laughs> a lot of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and a rabbit. You have a rabbit at home, you're good. Lots and lots of rabbits. Okay. I got yeah. it. That's great. I love that. Okay. So um, do you ever have dogs fail obedience school? Well, I, I think that whenever I hear of a dog failing obedience school, mm-hmm. I tend to think that was either the person who found out it was work to train a dog. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> or a trainer who wasn't flexible enough to find something that would help this dog. Yeah. It, it's not the dog. Yeah. No, it's never the yeah. dog. It's just that we haven't figured out how to communicate and reward appropriately, find them yeah. where they are. Yeah, because not all dogs are food-oriented. Not all right. dogs are attention-oriented. Right, right. But, exactly. So you just have to keep working until you find what that dog is willing to work for. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand. That's good. Okay, so um, what is basic respect training, and why does it matter? Uh, it just is—it's a set of exercises that we've come up with. Okay. That teach the dog to want to listen to you. Ah, okay. It puts you in the leadership role, uh, teaching him things like "off" means get off of me, get get off the mm-hmm. counter. Mm-hmm. You know, settle down means lie down. Wait means you stop immediately, no matter what's going on. Okay. Settle down means. I need you to get a grip on yourself emotionally now. Okay. Leave it means that belongs to me, not you. Mm-hmm. And we play a little game we call goalie, which, which is really a fun game to play, and kids love it. Goalie? And Yeah, it's one of the best respect builders out there. And it's it, it happens at doorways and gates. Okay. If, if you look at the doorway as a soccer net mm-hmm. and the dog as the soccer ball, Mm-hmm. And you're the world-class goalie that never lets a ball get around you, no kicking. Oh. And you stand in front of that doorway and you block your dog. You mm-hmm. don't let him go through. Mm-hmm. Then you've seen dogs do that with each other. Oh, yeah. It's a great yeah, game. Yeah, they'll spend their territory <laughs> and say, you're not walking through here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. okay, right. Right. I'm going right. around this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a good little game where you're saying to your dog, I own this space. Yeah, it's like, why do dogs jump on us? Because we give them our space. Right. They jump and we step back or we turn away. And they're like, yeah, got it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So what goalie teaches is I will take your space. You will not take mine. Oh. But it's a non-physical game. It's just like, hey, this is my space and you're not getting it. 
That, that's basic respect training. I like that. That's really important. Uh, you know, when they talk about teach the basics, you know, sit, stay, down, etc., um, they need to be really talking about basic respect training. They really do because yeah, this is more important. You know, than, there's lots of dogs that know how to sit but still misbehave. Oh, God. Something <laughs> 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 yeah. like sit, 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 sit doesn't do anything. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and actually, your listeners, if they want to, we, we have that online basic respect class. And the oh, yeah? first lesson is free. Oh, good. And it's video, and it and it shows in the video the settle down exercise and the goalie exercise. Oh, okay. And and if they if they want to know one of the goldens in that video is the one that left the yard just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna uh, enjoy yeah. that. Oh, and that great. that always makes people happy that I'm willing to admit that my dogs are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I love that. That makes me feel better. You know, Einstein has his own little uh, foibles, and as do I. So we're all still working on it, you know. It's a, it's a, a life journey exercise. Well, that's yeah. great. Okay, so um, so how can – let's talk about stress in dogs. How do we know if our dog's stressed? Well, it, if – we could educate more people about the language of stress. There would be so many fewer dog incidents and dog bites. Mm, I just do not believe that dogs bite out of the blue. No. They usually scream it and scream it and scream it until they are just pushed to a point where they feel they have to. Yeah. So low-level stress is the beginning of uh, of. The, what's going to happen in the end of the behavior chain. Okay, people want to treat the bite. They want to treat the chewed up shoe. They want to treat, the, you know, basically the consequence mm-hmm. and what happened. But they got to realize, they got to back it up and start noticing when is the dog starting to stress. Okay. okay. Panting when they weren't panting a second ago and the weather didn't change. That's a big stress sign. Okay. Licking the lips a lot. Yawning. Yawning is one a lot of people miss. Okay. Okay. An involuntary paw lift where they just kind of pull the paw up and sit there looking a little confused. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Food refusal is a big stress sign in dogs. You know, people try to give their dog a treat at the vet and it won't take it. It's mm-hmm. not that, that the dog doesn't like the treat. It's that the dog is stressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you miss that stress, those early stress points, the dog will go into avoidance or attack mode. Okay. Right. It's either going to move away from the stimulus or it's going to go after it. Okay. Okay. And a really good illustration is, let's say, family dog usually trusted with kids. Mm-hmm. But maybe the dog has an earache and they don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. dog's just a little out of sorts. Maybe the, the, the kids were a little loud that day. Mm-hmm. And the dog's just not quite as even keel as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dog, the dad walks through the family room and the dog has his paw up in the air and he, he laughs and he says, oh, y'all are teaching him how to shake. Good job. Mm-hmm. This is a stress sign. Mm-hmm. A little while later, mom walks through and the dog is panting. Oh, are you thirsty? Mm-hmm. A little while later, dad walks through. The dog's yawning. Boy, y'all are really tiring that dog out tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? A little while later, mom calls the dog to eat. Dog won't eat. Oh, you were kind of out of school. You don't like your food? I'll go get some more for you. Let me go to the store. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. missed another stress sign. Right, dad walks through the family room. The dog is up on the couch. Dog's not allowed on the couch. But the dog is in avoidance. It's trying to get away from the kids. 
Mm-hmm. Dad throws the dog back down on the floor, right back in the kids, with the kids. Mm-hmm. And all mom hears is, mm-hmm. Yeah. They see how they missed all those warnings. Yeah, yeah. And the dog was just boxed into having to do something. Right, right. So if we just pick up on it, you know, dogs playing with kids and won't take a treat, it is time to separate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when, yeah. It, yeah. when I do uh, therapy work, like take dogs to nursing homes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always have treats in my pocket. And the minute they refuse the treat, I know the visit's over. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, be, okay. Because they're telling me, okay, this is this is getting to me. That's too many petting. Too much, too much petting in one day, Mom. Got to mm-hmm. go home now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's us. We don't pick up on it. And then the dog does, you know, it's kind of like when you're dealing with an animal, mm-hmm. never be surprised when an animal does an animal behavior. Ah. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. animals. Yeah. Yeah, what else do we expect them to do, right? (laughs) Your dog will bite, my dog will bite. We hope they don't, but Mm -hmm. the plain fact is they came equipped in life to do that. Yeah, and they have it for a reason. They do it for a reason. Mm -hmm. So just pick up on those stress signs. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that out. That's so important. Mm, I didn't realize some of them. Um, Okay, great. So... Let's see. Oh, what else? Um, oh, let's talk about Reiki. Uh, you know, I, um, I also do healing with animals, and, and so you also use Reiki. and you, you also, I do. Yeah, yeah, you do something called Callahan tapping. You want to talk? tell us a little bit about that and how you use it, or, or what do you do okay. with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Reiki is just a channeling of energy. It, yeah. It's a healing source. Right. Then everyone, to some degree or another, has it. It's just if you get the training, it gets brought out. You know, just to a higher degree, that's all. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And I like to use it on, on very shy and nervous dogs. Okay. Because it, it builds their self-esteem. And, and you know from your work, not all dogs and cats will accept it. Right. Yeah, some will pull away from it. They don't want it. So it has to be kind of a willing dog. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll also use it if the dog is becoming fractious and aggressive. Okay. And what I do is I just lay my hand on top of their head and put my finger across the bridge of their nose. Okay. Just all very gently and wait until they just kind of relax a little bit. So, okay. Um, and it, it's, I don't really, you know, tell the owner this is what I'm doing. I'm using Reiki on you. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. I, I just, it's just part of me and what I do. You know? Yeah. yeah. I go, you really have a calming effect on dogs. Well, not really. Mm-hmm. It's this, <laughs> it's, it's this energy channeling here that's helping your dog. Okay. <laughs> you mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Just can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. I just can't see it, but it's it's there, okay? Yeah, the dog can uh, I, feel I it. can also do it like walking through a kennel where the dogs are upset. Okay. You know, just projecting that, that soothing energy, you know, okay. that. Uh-huh. Okay. So that, that that's how I use it. It's just something that I've, I've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think I've maybe, gosh, maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it, I do it so without thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just comes naturally to me to do that. Right, right. So, now Callahan tapping. Are you familiar with that? It's a human I, brief therapy uh, technique. Uh, okay. Uh, I tell you what. Go ahead and just tell us about it then. Okay. Um, it's it goes on the acupressure acupuncture system. Okay. And with the human technique, they take two fingers and they and then the therapist will tap on the acupressure points, mm-hmm. and it's it's to realign and dissipate. Useless energy, basically. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's used in phobias, people that want to stop smoking, uh, habit breaking, 
and there's different patterns in the way that that the therapist will use it. Okay. And I, I first learned this, I said it was about 17 years ago. Okay. I had a lovely golden retriever that had a horrific thunder phobia. Okay. And she, she came across it honestly because she almost got struck by lightning. Oh, boy. So she was just, when it thundered, she was just terrified, mm-hmm. okay. which I tried everything I could think of. And I had actually gone to this Callahan tapping seminar mm-hmm. and seen the effect it had on people. And okay. I thought, well, if it works on people... Why wouldn't it work on a dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did it with her, and it, it's a crossing pattern on dogs above the eye, below the eye, okay. above the eye, below, kind of like you're crossing across the bridge of their nose. Okay. And then you uh, massage the base of the ear, uh, put the ear flat between your fingers and massage there. Okay. Like soothing the dogs. Okay. Then you do very slow, long body stroking, and then you go back to the tapping. Okay. And what you'll feel is at first the dog doesn't want you to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they want to pull away so you have one hand in the collar because they're already upset. Okay. Yeah, so, again, going back to the stress signs, let's say you have a thunderphobic dog. You want to you wanna start this the minute you see that they've noticed the barometric pressure dropped. Uh-huh, yeah, because they do yeah. very yeah, You know they do, yeah. They're very aware of that. So the minute they go, whoa, storm coming. Mm-hmm. If you do this tapping exercise, you'll feel the energy dissipate. The dog will simply relax. Okay. And it took Shelly, that was her name, about three thunderstorms, and I never had to do it again. Wow. I mean, she just, just snapped out of it. She was like, oh, it's okay. In fact, I replaced it with desire for freeze-dried liver. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that happened was every time she thought it was going to storm, she was looking for the liver. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> so the whole idea is okay. get rid of that with what you don't want and replace it with something that you want. Like, okay, okay. storm's coming, eat liver. All right, I can I can live with that. <laughs> and you know, I've, I've shown many people this technique, and I never charge charge for that. It's just uh-huh. I just bring your dog in, I'll show you how to do it, or I'll show you on one of my dogs. You know, do you have if, I, I probably ought to. Do do it and put it on YouTube. I was to say, you, you thought of that. If there was a video of it, then um, yeah, others could see what you're doing and, and use it. That's such a common problem. Uh, not just thunderstorms, you know, that kind of thing, but also other Good types work of on, things. Um, I, I tell you that one mm-hmm. time I, I had a guy call me, he had two hunting dogs that, that he was going to mm-hmm. uh, basically have put to sleep because mm-hmm. they wouldn't hunt anymore because they were afraid of gunshots. Oh, boy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell this guy over the phone how to do this, and he's going to hang up on me and call the men uh, in the white coats. All right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I explained it to him, and I could tell he was like, uh-huh. All righty then. All righty yes. then, yeah. Yeah. But then he called me back about a month later, and he said, you know, i got to tell you, I thought you were crazy, but those dogs are back out hunting. Wow. So oh. I, I think that's impressive as to how well it works, even when you really don't know how to do it. Exactly. I, I love this. So. so so it's above the eye and then below the eye, and then you cross the nose and do the other side? Yeah. Well, it, it's, a, it's like a, you're making an X on the dog's uh, face. Okay. Okay. If you're facing the dog, you would take two fingers, put it above the left eye, go underneath the right eye. Okay. Above the right eye, underneath the left eye. Got it. Okay. Any certain number of times you're tapping on each spot or just one tap? Uh, I, do, I do it probably three or four times. Okay, three to four yeah. times. Um, and then you massage the ear flap. Yeah, massage the base of the ear and then the ear flap. Okay. And then long body stroking. 
And you don't want to verbalize while you're doing this. Okay. You don't say anything to the dog. You, you just do it. And, and and sometimes the dog is so fractious that you can't even do it. Uh-huh. But you can take your two fingers and in front of the dog's eyes without touching them, you can make that X pattern. Mm-hmm. And you'll interrupt that energy. Uh-huh. In, in fact, you think about it. If you were talking to someone and you were you were starting to get a little agitated and they took their fingers and started moving them in an X pattern in front of your eyes, mm-hmm. you think you could hold that anger? <laughs> no. <laughs> you would get into a state of confusion, <laughs> you know, which is really what we're trying to do here is, is alter the dog's state of mind. Okay. It's, it's, it's not magic. You're just saying, okay, I don't like the path you're on. Let's see if we can switch your state. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me give you something else to think about. And uh, and by the way, that we can settle down now. And by the way, all that's still going on, but we're okay now, right? Yeah, that's exactly that's what we're saying. Perfect. Okay. I love it. Got it. Love it. This is great stuff. Uh, let me ask you. Well, do you think it works with obsessive compulsive disorders? Um, you know, I have tried it with that. Yeah. I think if, that if if we had good owner compliance, because I've never personally lived with one of those dogs. Ah, uh, okay. I, I did try it with a Cavalier that was uh, one of those uh, light light chasers. You know, shades of light. If the light patterns change, the dog would just go crazy. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and just a word of caution to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we unintentionally train that behavior if we play laser light with our dogs. Oh. Okay. Not a good game to play. Okay. And if you do play it, always make sure the laser light ends on a toy or a treat. Okay. So the behavior ends. You see what I mean? If they're just chasing uh-huh. a light and they never win, they uh-huh. learn to chase lights. Right. Right. That's yeah. true. And that's what it started this little dog along its path. Oh. And, and we did the we did the tapping with her and some other behavior modifications, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think she still, to some degree, has the issues. Interesting. So. And I I work with a lot of that. I do a lot of healing work in my practice. Um, I do a lot of brain rebalancing and working with the nervous system and other kinds of fundamental imbalances within the body mind. And um, this is one that's always been. Um, yeah, it's it's always a challenge, you know, to find where where it's tracking back to and and you know what started it and uh, how to re- reset the nervous system so it doesn't go into this. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I appreciate you answering that. That's a good good tip too about the laser light. Interesting. Okay. So let's see. Is is there anything else you really want our audience to know before we uh, quit here today? Anything else you can think of you want to say? Uh, yeah, the, the only thing I think I left out is um, if you've ever been and taken college courses, you know how they have the core courses that you're required to take before you can go on and get your degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and everyone gets bored with them. Nobody wants to take another English lit. Nobody wants to do Math 107. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. everybody wants to get to the fun stuff. When can I do the fun stuff? Mm-hmm, I, I I want to, but they make you go through the core courses, right? So I like for people to think of the core courses in dealing with a dog are the boring ones: sit, stand, down, come, stay, heal. But unfortunately, until you get to a certain degree of mastery of that core course. Mm-hmm. You don't get to the fun stuff. Mm, true. You know, you got to get that basic stuff, and then you can go on and do the therapy work or the agility or the the frisbee or the ball part. You know, mm-hmm. but you got to do your basic work first, yeah, and then move on to the fun stuff, and then you'll have much more success. 
I like that. That's really important. And you're absolutely right. People, a lot of people will come to me wanting, you know, I want my dog to come, you know, when they're out off leash on the busy, distracted, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and their life's in danger or something, but I don't want to spend the time actually teaching them to do anything else. I just want them to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just like, want okay. you to wave your magic wand. Yeah, exactly. And have and, them come. Exactly. Yeah, but but uh, when not, I really need them to, you know, the, but, the rest of the time I don't care. But just when I really need them to, you know, just the, uh, make the, And once a dog gets away from you off leash, there's only one reason it's going to come back, and it's because it wants to. Yeah. Yeah. So give it a reason to want to. Give it a reason to want to. A really good reason. Yeah. More liver. So that means go back to strength, <laughs> strengthen that love, strengthen that bond. Yeah. Yeah, build the trust, build the respect. Yeah, yeah. And learn what your dog is saying to you. Yes. Right? Uh, watch those cues. Yeah. And um, we didn't even go into body language, like the tail up and the ears up, and you know. Yeah. The yeah. language of stress, but body language is also important because a lot of people think a wagging tail means happy dog. Right. Yeah, right. But you look at tail right. position, you don't look at the wagging. Ah, that's good. So, uh um, so if it's really high, like straight up in the air? Yeah, straight up in the air with a tick-tock wag, that means dominance. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, now, you'll see the difference. In, in a curl-tailed dog, it's a very tight curl with the same tick-tock wag, back forth, uh-huh. back forth, back uh-huh. forth. Okay, with a tight curl. Uh-huh. When that same dog is doing a happy wag, you see rear-end engagement. Oh, the okay. whole okay. rear end is swinging back and forth okay. along with the tail. Okay. And when the dog is afraid, the, t- the tail tends to go down. Right. right. Okay. But a lot of people get bitten or get their dogs bitten because they think, oh, he's wagging his tail, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that's an accident waiting to happen. No, that dog is saying, I'm very dominant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. That's a really good point. Okay. So learn to understand what your dog's saying to you. Um, and then, like we said, recognize and respond to the language of stress that you've been through. Um, and to really do what you have to do to help your dog develop socially, behaviorally, and psychologically. Right? So, yes. Yeah. All right. Margaret, this has been wonderful. I could talk to you for hours, I know. Um, I've got lots of other questions I would love to ask. Um, but I think we should probably call it quits at this point. I think we've given our listeners a lot to think about and process and do with their dogs. Uh, so let's tell folks how they can find you uh, and learn more uh, should they wish. And so your website is? It's www.creativedogtraining.com. Okay, so creativedogtraining.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they go there, they're going to find, uh, what What all are they going to find? What you got for well, them? If you go to the community page, uh, we have uh, training podcasts. We okay. have, I think, 64 of them. You can get them from iTunes or you can listen over our website. Okay. I have training tips, training blogs. We have a forum. You can register. It's free. Okay. You can post your questions, comments, uh, whatever you'd like to say, and uh, we'll, we will answer and get back to you. Okay. We have our online training class, our online basic respect class. It is the outrageously uh, high price of $10. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's super. Okay. So, and it's four lessons. There's video support. Uh, and it's really worth doing. It, uh-huh. it just, it's, it's to go at your own pace. Okay. And 
really a good little class on there. Uh, the other thing is, if you're ever in a bad mood, you can scroll through our daily daycare pictures. Oh, and you can huh. smile. <laughs> <laughs> we have some really cute Halloween dress-up pictures on. Oh, that. I'll bet you do. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay, great. So you've got all and kinds. And by of the way, it, it's all free except for that one class. I, I just, my, my goal sincerely is to help dogs through educating people, yeah. and that's why I have put a wealth of free information out there that I could easily have charged for. Yes, you sure could, and it's important information. So I hope that all of our listeners, um, so if you're listening now, go to creativedogtraining.com. Uh, sign up for the forum, uh, check out the videos, get started on training your dog, uh, learning more, get dog savvy because your dog needs you. Yeah, all right. Okay, um, I think that's good. Anything else you'd like to say? We've, we, we got it. I think we've got it, Val. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've enjoyed talking with you. I have too, Margaret. Thank you so much. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.